This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 19, an interview with power user Miriam Korshidi and Dominic Cadelti from MTD Products on how they use simulation to engineer lawn care products. And an update on news and events in the ANSYS and PADT worlds. Welcome back to our podcast. And look, it's only been two weeks between episodes, so maybe we'll keep this up for a while. Um, our tech support team is still very busy and misses doing this podcast, and we hope to have them back soon. But uh, Trevor, our marketing person, is working really hard on g- getting great interviews lined up. So uh, if he keeps doing that, we'll, we should be able to keep uh, pumping out episodes every two weeks or so. So um, really enjoying doing these interviews, and I'm learning a lot and hope you will as well. As far as the podcast is concerned, we had 155 downloads on the last episode, um, but it hasn't been out for a full two weeks, so that's pretty good. That puts us at uh, just under 5,500 downloads over 18 episodes, so that's 305 per episode. So the number keeps uh, slowly working its way up. So please do um, share this with your friends and your coworkers. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, let everybody know about the podcast and uh, what we're doing here. We hope to have more and more as time goes by. So let's get on to the podcast, and we're going to start off with our our first customer interview. We've got Miriam and Dominic from MTD Products, and they're going to talk about how they use simulation to basically uh, engineer their lawn care products that their company makes. I'm going to let them explain what the company does and what they do, and it was it was pretty interesting discussion, um, and we hope you uh, you get something out of it. We'll be back on the other end. Well, welcome everybody to our interview here today, and I have two engineers with us from uh, MTD Products, Miriam Korshidi and Dominic Gridelti, and uh, they're ANSYS users, and they're going to talk to us about how they use ANSYS at MTD. So let's start off with uh, you, Miriam. Why don't you tell us, you know, what's your background? How'd you become an engineer? Um, how'd you end up in this world of simulation? So... Um... Uh, my background is in mechanical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a master's uh, with a focus on design. Um, I've been with MTD for five years now. Mm-hmm. Been doing a lot of simulations, uh, R and D work mainly. And uh, what was your other question? Uh, that's pretty much it. That's what you, what you did there. How about you, um, Dominic? What's your background? Uh, so my background is primarily in fluid dynamics. Mm-hmm. So I went to ASU, uh, studied mostly in fluid dynamics and CFD. I'm getting my PhD right now in uh, computational fluid dynamics with a uh, focus in multi-fa- multi-phase fluids. Um, and I've been working at the company for about four years now. Excellent. So why don't you guys tell me a little bit about MTD, what you guys do, where you're located. Uh, just give some background to our listeners about what MTD is all about. Go ahead. <laughs> so MDD products in general, uh, we make lawn and garden equipment, and mm-hmm. we have two main divisions in the United States. Uh, we have one div- division in uh, Cleveland, and mm-hmm. we have another division here. Um, the Cleveland division does a lot of our um, rideable, like, um, what would you call the... Lawnmowers, uh, tractors. Stuff we don't use here in Arizona. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Well, except for like uh, golf course. Oh, yeah, the golf course people. Yeah. So it's not just consumer. You guys also do industrial or those kind of things. Okay. I did not know that. Okay. 
And uh, here in the uh, Tempe division, we mainly focus on handheld equipment. So we work with blowers, trimmers, chainsaws. Um, we're actually one of the largest engine manufacturers in North America. And within the last two years, we acquired a technology um, for a, a motor called Core that uh, enabled us to make lightweight, quiet, efficient, um, clean, battery-powered handheld garden equipment. Um, and our products are sold under brand, uh, brands you might be familiar with, such as Craftsman, uh, Troy Built, Cove Cadet, and Remington. Cool. So, so you white label for, for other folks and they, they brand it and sell it based upon the... Uh, well, some of the brands we own, but oh, okay. Uh, okay. Craftsman, we have the basically... Uh, we make the products mm -hmm. for them and they okay. own the brand. Daily brand new. Okay. Yeah, so every time I get into an industry, it's always interesting how they're set up internally. When the consumer sees just the names, but yeah. uh, it's quite quite fascinating. Um, how long have you guys been Ansys users? Um, so, uh, probably over ten years, mm -hmm. but we kind of uh, revamped our Ansys usage about four and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, we've been using different modules of ANSYS really from the mechanical side to the fluid and thermal side. Uh, recently we started using the AIM and discovery side of it too. Great. So it's been, uh, you know, different people have access to different uh, levels of complexity of ANSYS tools. So. So you, you don't just use it like in a specialty group, You all your engineers have access to it? So we both use Workbench most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we are in the advanced engineering team, so we do a lot of the heavy simulations, mm -hmm. whereas our designers or our like, uh, engineers that focus on production issues, they or our test engineers, they mm -hmm. need like a lighter version, so they mainly use AIM and Discovery. Great. That's that's really good. So so you guys are using the full product line, structural, thermal as well. Is that correct? Yes. And then fluids, of course, because the uh, I know that some of your impellers are pretty sophisticated that you guys have. Yeah. So as a turbine guy, I, I love that turbo machinery guy. I love that. Um, so uh, one question is, you know. I'll think of the answers products you guys use. Each you use. What what would you say is your favorite feature? in your favorite ANSYS products? Well, you said you were a uh, turbo guy. Mm -hmm. I think uh, my favorite tool has been TurboGrid just because, mm -hmm. you know, the meshing is really complex and, you know, highly, really high quality. Mm -hmm. And you get a mesh within seconds, so it's like... That's awesome. You, I mean, you it really cuts down the time. If you, if you do a lot of unstructured, you know, tetrahedral meshing, mm -hmm. A lot of time goes into making sure that you have a quality mesh, and even the meshing algorithm, you know, it can take 10 to 15 minutes, you know, depending on the mesh size, it can go well over an hour. And mm -hmm. With TurboGrid, you get, you know, a really high, uh, highly dense, highly quali high quality mesh in really seconds. Mm -hmm. That's cool, yeah. That's that's one of those products that we always think about the solvers, right? But you spend more your, most of your time creating that mesh right, so it's really a key one. How about you? I would say the same thing. It's 
pretty much since we found about that tool, it's mm -hmm. been how we're designing fans and basically Great. working on different, you know, uh, modifications to the original design. So it makes things a lot easier. That's, that's really cool. Um, so kind of kind of off the list a little bit, but uh, if if I was talking to development tomorrow, what would you want me to tell them to, to add to TurboGrid and make your life better? Uh, we've talked about, uh, so we don't always design from scratch. There are, you know, some of the older designs that we kind of reuse in our newer designs. So it would be nice to basically be able to load some existing data into TurboGrid, mm -hmm. uh, not just for like the plate design part of things, but more in terms of how everything's integrated, what what is, you know, wh what could be modified and whatnot. So. Okay. Yeah, so um, I guess what a lot of what she's saying is um, with the Vista Suite, so we have a Vista license mm -hmm. with the Vista Suite, you know, a lot of it is it that that software is tailored for really the first design or the first stab at a design. Right. Um, whereas a lot of the things that we do is, you know, we have a fan or something like that that's already made and we already kind of have dimensions and, you know, fan profiles and right. stuff like that that we kind of just want to modify, tweak or mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. So, um, you know, having a little bit of input on the, the front end side of that okay. too. That's, that's a good one, yeah. So. So if you're listening, Ansys developers, I, I agree with that one. I know that's that's actually a request I've heard from other folks as well, is to, to start with some legacy geometry and still be able to use these great tools. And for those listening that don't know what Vista is, it's a it's a 1D streamline solver, is that correct? That you use to kind of get your basic angles in it and you know upstream and downstream geometry down before you start modeling in 3D. Um, so that, that was kind of my next question. So do you guys feel like in your company you're using design kind of after the fact or are you, are you driving decisions in the design process? And if so, you know, how, how does that work? And give me an example of that, I guess. So I think over time we've changed, especially after we uh, revamped our ANSYS usage. We used to do a lot of testing up front. Mm -hmm and not much simulation up front, but over time as, you know, more people have built trust in the results we give them, it's been more upfront, you know, Good. design work simulation rather than, okay, now we have a problem, what should we do and now, you know, all of a sudden you have a, just a window a few days and now you have to go and, you know, run simulations or, you know, mm -hmm. try to find a fix for the issue. So um, I'd say we still do both in terms of like, um, early use of simulation and you know downstream or downstream use of simulation but uh, our push on the engineering side of things is basically try to do a better design and a more um, complex simulation up front mm -hmm. than you know uh, later during the development good good was what was the biggest impediment to that was I getting the rest of your company to have trust in the simulation process? Was it getting the right tools? What was the biggest step in that process? Um, a lot of, well, I think a big part of it was kind of trust. You mm -hmm. know, a lot of, you have this software that kind of predicts things. And so, um, you know, the first couple of times we tried it, especially when you have 
everybody who's so used to testing and getting actually, you know, real physical numbers mm -hmm. to have some kind of prediction before that is, is a bit uneasy. So mm -hmm. a lot of what we did at the very beginning was um, some test and really validation or Good. some simulation and then validation, validation. Right after that. Make sure and you so, dial it in. Yeah. And so it, for a big part of when we were making this push is, you know, it was like doing one simulation and doing one validation. So during that transition, we were still kind of doing both uh, our old design process and kind of this new design. But once we had a, we got a little more trust in mm -hmm. the simulation aspect of our design, um, we it, it gave us more flexibility in using that to do more iterations or you know more more upfront design before we got to physical parts. Physical testing, yeah. Cool. That's 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 a great story and. I think a lot of companies are going through that process. Um, can you give us an example of uh, an ANSYS simulation where you, re you really made a difference for your company? Like you, you, you did a simulation and it changed direction or it made a positive impact to the bottom line or some, some real positive use of simulation within the company. So I would say one of the uh, biggest uh, improvements in the whole process uh, of using ANSYS in our design was basically the fan design uh, for our blower products. Mm -hmm. um, this was before our time within the company, but according to one of the more senior engineers, it used to take about 60 iterations and 60 wow. prototypes to basically design a right fan mm -hmm. or blower and with simulation we've been able to basically cut down that number to six nice which yeah. cuts down the development time quite a bit and the cost you can imagine you know building 60 prototypes <laughs> yes <laughs> especially with most of them being sls or really yeah you know the 3d printed yeah yeah, oh, we used to actually print some of your rotors for you back in the day. I remember there was a lot would go through. Yeah. So that's that's great to hear. That's that's what's supposed to happen, right? Um, <laughs> so if if you uh, ran into an engineer at the coffee, if somebody at the coffee shop they were an engineer and they were thinking about getting into simulation or just getting into simulation, would you give them what advice would you give them uh, to kind of get started in that world? Um. I would say develop patience. <laughs> it's just a lot of you set up a you know simulation, you just sit there, wait for it to run, and a lot of the times the results are not what you expect it mm -hmm. to be, so you have to go back and basically go through the process again. So I would say patience. patience. I don't know, Dominic, How about you, Dominic? Um, I would say, you know, do a lot of upfront work, make sure your mesh, or, you know, like she said, have a lot of patience, but, you know, have a lot of, set a lot of time forward to do the simulation because there's a lot of um, work, a lot of meshing, and a lot of mm -hmm. other things that need to be done. And um, one of the things that I noticed about, or I've seen about the tools is I've, I've actually had this one case where, you know, I, I, I messed up, I fudged one parameter in one of the d designs that we were doing, and we were designing a fan that was supposed to run at like 6,000 RPM, but I fudged one of the numbers and I ran it at like 60,000 RPM. <laughs> and I got an answer and it yes. converged and everything. <laughs> Look! <laughs> yeah, it got an answer and I was like, oh my God, this fan is like the best thing ever. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, there, 
because of how robust the tools are, you can really put anything into the simulation mm -hmm. and get an answer out. So there should be a lot of time you spend to actually make sure that that answer is in the within <clears throat> mm -hmm. is within the realm of possibility. That's a really good point. I think sometimes we get caught up in the process and we just we're pushing buttons and we're not thinking about it and we're not looking at the results and going, well, wait a second, that's now. Management may want you to go back and figure out how to make a 60,000 RPM fan blade, but I don't know what it'd be made out of. Uh, that's pretty cool. So um, it, it's it's really interesting because you're in a you're in an industry um, that's very competitive. Um, there's no question of that, and it's a consumer product industry. And the fact that you're you're making all these changes with Ansys and, and simulation in general is really very cool and very positive, and you get to get to use these high-tech tools, which is which is a lot of fun. Is there is there anything you want to add to our listeners? Any, any messages you want to share or, uh, before we take off? Um, I would say we would really like to thank the ADT oh, for thank you. the support that we've always received on um, I mean, a broad range of uh, services that you provide from 3D printing to you know support on ASUS products everything really it's been a very positive experience oh. for us to work with all of your engineers and uh, support Appreciate that. people well we've loved I think we've worked I didn't look it up but I think we've been working with various versions of the company for 24 years so <laughs> it's been a long partnership uh, we've really enjoyed uh, and it's great to actually sure. see a customer's products on a shelf. You know, when I go into the big hardware stores and I see your guys' products on there, it's like, I know them. Whereas when we work for United Launch Alliance, unless it's on the news, I don't really see it. So, <laughs> so how about you? Anything you want to share, Dominic? Uh, no, she, she hit it right on the head. Okay. Thank you for everything you okay. us with. Well, thanks for being great customers and great users. Um, we love getting questions from you guys because we know they're always going to be interesting and uh, a challenge and and useful for us as well. We always learn something when we work with you guys. And uh, I really appreciate you coming in and doing an interview with us on our podcast. And uh, keep keep making great products. And uh, those of you out there listening, when you uh, if you're if you're using an MTD product. Um, Know that it's it's designed with simulation, so you can bore your family members by explaining to them how the uh, CFD is used to design and efficient, improve the efficiency of the, the um, impeller and the blower as you push your leaves across your driveway. So thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Well, welcome back. We, I hope you enjoyed that interview. I enjoyed uh, asking the questions and letting them uh, educate me a little bit. Like I, like I mentioned in the discussion, the, the company's been a customer of PADTs for quite some time, but I'm always learning new and interesting things about what they do, and uh, it's pretty high-tech stuff. Uh, very, very, very cool to see that applied in, in industries uh, that are kind of outside of what we usually consider as quote-unquote high-tech. But um, these, these are very uh, important products that need to be light, they need to be durable, they need to be very efficient and uh, quieter as time goes by. I know you all appreciate that part of it. So I um, want to thank them for being on the podcast and being such great guests, and we hope to have more customers in the future. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, take a commercial break, talk a little bit about something we do here at PADT, and we'll be right back on the other side of that. Uh, hey, Linda. I've been trying to run these simulations all day, but 
The stupid computer isn't fast enough. Ugh, I know, Dave. I wish IT would give us better computers. Oh, you know, that reminds me. A friend of mine was saying that he got a simulation computer from some place called PADT. Hmm. What's so special about it? Well, I guess they have this program called the Cube Computing Solutions, where they, they custom build simulation computers just to fit your needs, with whatever you want, whatever graphics cards you need, the amount of cores you need, whatever works best for you. Huh. How do I get one of these? Well, if I remember him correctly, he said you go to www.padtinc.com slash cube. I think that's right. Huh. Maybe we should tell the IT guy about this. Yeah, maybe we should. Okay, this is where we usually talk about events that are coming up, and uh, I'm recording this on Wednesday, the 22nd of August, and we just had our last event for the month, so that was a podcast on, not a podcast, <laughs> this is a podcast, that was a podcast on the topic of Insight, which is our CFD post-processor, uh, really powerful tool. But uh, if you missed it, that's okay. And if you missed any of our podcast or webinars, <laughs> you can watch them at any time. Listen to them and watch them anytime on Bright Talk. That's a tool we use to share everything. Um, the Insight one is up and recorded already. It's 41 minutes long. But there's some other ones up there that I thought I'd mention since we don't have any big events coming up. Um, the Insight one just went up. We, we did one on simulation in the cloud where uh, Manoj talked about how we use the cloud to do solving. Um, using using the Nimbix product uh, to upload and, and run our our models interactively as well as in batch. It's a really nice tool, and he talks a lot, answers a lot of questions that people have about that. Then uh, Michael Griese's got two podcasts on signal integrity, which I highly recommend. Even if you're not doing signal integrity, if your your products have signal integrity issues, it's worth worth spending a little bit of time and listening and and learning a little bit about how you simulate that kind of a situation. If you do signal integrity, then you definitely need to listen. Um, let's see, Ted had one on mechanical 19.1, all the things that are cool, updates and enhancements in there. And then Michael came back and did a little bit more with HFSS, talking about how to accelerate and simplify your antenna impedance matching network design. So if you know what that is, you should watch that podcast. Um, Manoj talked about DROS test simulation. We've got another one from Todd about... Uh, Tom, excuse me, uh, Chadwick, about simulating moving parts faster and easier with the overset mesh capability. So if you've got parts, you're doing a CFD simulation, you've got parts moving within parts, uh, Tom kind of goes, goes over how to handle the mesh for that. And then uh, in April, those the, uh, we'll go ahead and stop there. I did one on what's new and exciting in the whole world of mechanical simulation, not just the ANSYS products. So do check that out. The best way to get there is to go to www.padtinc.com slash bright talk. That's B-R-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K. Or you can go to brighttalk.com and just search for PADT and you'll find us on there. But a lot of good content uh, for you guys to review. Next month, event-wise, we're going to be up in Denver at the Colorado Life Sciences Innovation Forum on the 14th, and then at the Rocky Mountain Sampy Composites Workshop on the 21st in Loveland. So um, if you're in Colorado, do stop by and see us at those events. 
We do have a great announcement. The official date has been set for this year's ANSYS uh, Innovation Conference in Arizona. So all of our customers and users here in the Southwest are invited, specifically those of you here in Arizona. It's a great day. Lots of people show up. We have presentations from customers, from our technical staff, as well as the ANSYS uh, support staff comes out, flies out some people. And uh, it's all really very technical, lots of good networking, kind of seeing how people are using ANSYS uh, in their day-to-day -day work. And that is October 3rd from 9 to 4.30. So we really recommend that you come out for that. Put that in your calendar. You should be getting an invite. If not, uh, check out the ANSYS, uh, excuse me, check out the PADT event page. And that's at padtinc.com slash events. And uh, you can register there for that event. And we recommend you do so now. So we know how pe many people are coming. We know how much stuff to get. Um, the other, we have two more events in October, just to let you know about. We'll be at AMCON in Salt Lake on the 17th of October. And we're headed down to Tucson for the big uh, Southern Arizona Tech Council gathering on the 24th. So we hope to see our Tucson customers down at that. So we look forward to that. Not a lot of news going on in the ANSYS world. It's been kind of quiet, even though they did their, their, uh, their uh, talk to all the, they released all their financials and everything. But yeah, not a lot going on. The stock is still sitting in about the same place at 175. Um, that's Wednesday the 22nd when I'm recording this. The high is still at 184, so it's hanging out in that same area. The, they're still trying to hire a lot of people. Things are looking good, but there's just not a lot of new news to uh, report there. There's there's nothing ANSYS press releases. Even over here at PADT, we only had one press release since our last recording. Uh, we won a uh, NASA STTR. That's a technology transfer grant where we're going to take uh, academic technology and try and commercialize it. And we're working with our good friend and former employee, Dr. Dhruv Bate at ASU, to look at biomimicry bio and 3D printing. So in nature, they make these really nature creatures in nature and plants in nature sometimes make these really lightweight, strong structures that use repeated patterns, lattice structures. And so we're going to take a look at those, in th uh, making those in 3D printing. And of course, we'll be using ANSYS to simulate those geometries as we're, we're working our way through that project. So that's just a phase one. Uh, when we're successful with that, we'll apply for a phase two where we'll really prove it out and try and come up with some tools for people to use to, to uh, use biomimicry in their designs. So look, at, look for more information on that as we work through it. Blogs of note, I got to admit, in the last two weeks, we haven't done much. Uh, we haven't published anything that's ANSYS related on the PADT blog. We do have a couple of good blog posts. The ANSYS team has been very busy over the last two weeks. So uh, I made a list of five that I thought were really worth checking out. So if you go to the ANSYS blog, which is on the ANSYS website, go to About, then hit ANSYS blog. A uh, really good one on using small sliding contact to improve your structural analysis. So that's an option for contact. Um, one of the things that we get a lot of questions about is using industry standards, especially civil engineering and structural type standards, in mechanical simulation. And so there's a really good article about um, using simulation software for subsea piping design. And it's it's a great example, even if you're not doing subsea piping design, on how to use simulation to meet industry standards. It's, it's kind of a clear look at that. 
Um, if you've ever tried to use a RF uh, ID key uh, to get into a building or a hotel room and, and you got to hold it just right to get it to read, uh, you'll want to read this article about uh, improving the range of RFID readers with the directional antenna. Um, do check that out. Uh, even Again, in a lot of these things, even if it's not your area of expertise, it's good to know because RFID readers are everywhere. And, uh, you know, we use them all the time in all sorts of different applications, both in our personal life and our professional life. So the more you know, the better off. So I, I enjoyed that article a lot. Um, there's a really good article on one of our favorite topics, which is customizing ANSYS. And um, it's about how to integrate third-party apps into ANSYS Workbench without creating Frankenstein's monster. That's the title. And uh, I, I really highly recommend you check that out. Um, sometimes we don't think about putting a third-party app into Workbench because we think it's going to be hard. It's actually pretty straightforward. And uh, avoid the whole Frankenstein's monster situation. We don't want the villagers to show up at our office with pitchforks and torches. And then the, the last, there's a couple other really good ones in there, so, so check out the whole list. You may find something you're interested in. The last one I want to mention was an article on mentorship being key to promoting women in technology. And, and there's been a lot of articles about that recently, and there, this one's kind of interesting because it's written from a, a, a British or a UK perspective. So it's a little bit different than, than we look at things in the US sometimes, and I found it kind of refreshing um, about how important mentorship is as we try to increase the number of females in our industry. So very, very useful. So that's it for blogs. The latest issue of the ANSYS Advantage magazine is out. If you don't get that magazine, I recommend that you do. Um, you can actually get a paper copy. Yes, they still print it in paper. Um, and uh, I, I kind of enjoy just putting it outside and letting people in our lobby and stuff uh, and let people take a look at it, um, especially when we've got pictures on, on it, in it. <laughs> but if you just Google ANSYS Advantage, it'll take you right there uh, or use whatever search engine you prefer. Um, and this issue is kind of cool um, because it's about um, simulating, using simulation for smart connected products. So that crosses lots of industries, right? But everybody's making making things that are have more sensors, have connections to the internet, and make smart decisions, um, and uh, or make decisions not necessarily smart, but you know have logic built into them. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of engineering that goes into that. Antenna design, thermal management, packaging, power management, and simulation is key to success in a lot of these products. So they've got bunch of stories along those lines that's that's really kind of cool. Um, the one article, there's a couple articles I recommend you really check out. Uh, there's a story about one of our favorite customers, Worldview, down in Tucson, and they're making a high-altitude balloon for both, uh, for a lot of different applications. It's called a, what do they call it, a stratolite, stratosphere satellite, stratolite. Um, so instead of going to low Earth orbit or a higher orbit, what if you just put a balloon up there that loiters for a long time, it's closer, and it's got a lot of advantages. So it's a great article about how they use ANSYS to design that product and that system, really. It's pretty cool. There, there are some great users down there we've been working with for a long time, both at this company and at previous companies. Uh, Optus, which we've talked about on the podcast before, is an optical simulation uh, product suite that ANSYS acquired this year. Uh, there's a good overview of the, pro the Optus product itself in Advantage. And so I recommend you check out, if you're gonna only gonna read two articles, read about Worldview, read about Optus so you know what's going on. It's pretty cool uh, what they can do in terms of optical simulation uh, using that, that product. 
Um, definitely beyond just a basic ray tracer, far, far beyond. Um, one other thing I want to talk about, and that is, before we finish up this podcast, is we're going to ask you once again to subscribe to our emails. So we sometimes to <laughs> people are recommending we don't do this because we don't have to. But uh, in Europe, they passed a new law called GDPR, a regulation that basically says you can't email someone unless they give you explicit permission to do so. And although we don't have a huge number of customers in Europe or even European citizens that use, live in the U.S., we started thinking about it. We thought, we hate all that email we get that we didn't ask for. And so we're going to go ahead and do this. We're going to go ahead and make people re-sign up for getting email from PADT. Um, so our list is going to go from around 15,000 people to probably around 5,000 people, which is kind of sad. But hopefully it's 5,000 people that really want to hear from us and we're we're making a very small contribution to reducing the spam out there. So we're going to ask you to subscribe. So you're not going to keep getting emails from PADT unless you actually opt in. And to do that, you go to www.padtinc.com slash opt in. That's slash O-P-T-I-N. And uh, just go ahead and click on one of the four mailing lists. Uh, the one, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are a simulation person. So if you sign up for the general PADT information and the simulation list, you only get two or three, maybe four emails a, a month from us, maybe a few more with invitations. Um, and uh, we won't bother you with anything else. If you don't want to get email from us, don't sign up. But we do ask that you do. Um, it makes us feel uh, important or wanted. I'm not sure which. But... Uh, please do sign up. That's www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. And we're going to keep asking uh, until we get that goal of 5,000. So that's it for this uh, podcast. We really enjoyed the interview. I hope you found it useful as well. We'll see you anywhere from two to four weeks uh, with another interview and more information. And as always, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, let us know what you think and what you'd like to hear about in the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us for the All Things Answers podcast, episode 19. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with Ansys Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. We'll see you next time.